Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Every week, I'll be speaking with a church leader about ministry strategy and getting to grips with not just what they do, but the thinking behind why they do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, my guest today is Tom Elliott. Tom is a comedian and a magician as well, and he's also a Christian. So um, I was really excited just to uh, to meet Tom a few months ago, and uh, I really wanted to talk with Tom just about uh, his work, his career, uh, how he does what he does, how he merges those uh, the the worlds of comedy, faith, evangelism, and so we're going to dive into all those kind of uh, topics today. Tom, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Chris, thank you. Uh, loved, uh, loved being with you. And uh, we've already started half the conversation. So uh, I'm glad you clicked record now because we're already in the depths of the content. <laughs> we really are. And maybe this is a good point to pick up because, I mean, these are not in my notes at all. But as soon as we started talking, I said, well, what does your your day look like? And uh, and then I asked you, well, how do you, how do you even go about writing comedy and maybe that's a good place to start you're a comedian how on earth do you come up with the ideas for something that's funny because I can't even begin to think where I'd start so uh I've got it a little bit easier than perhaps a stand-up comedian because a stand-up comedian starts with a blank page effectively uh, because I'm a comedy magician all of my all of my comedy is rooted in in a trick of some nature in a routine of some nature so I've already got the premise, if you like. I've just got to try and find the lines and the banter and the uh, opportunities to make people laugh within that trick. And so I've, I must say, right at the beginning, I've got it easier than someone that's just telling stories because uh, I feel for those guys because they start with blank. Uh, the process is this. You, you literally, I mean, a lot of the stuff, to be fair, materializes when you're on stage. So things will happen, people will say things and it gets a laugh and inside your little head you go... I'll save that and and you or you try and work it in purposely, even if it was an accident kind of thing. So a lot of it materializes on stage. But other than that, it's a case of uh, sitting for hours on end, uh, brainstorming, mind mapping ideas, like thinking of the, the lines that you say and using that as a maybe setup. And then you trying to think of an, a, like a punchline or a tagline onto that that might get a laugh. Uh, to be honest, what happens is you end up spending more time brainstorming and mind mapping. And once in a while, you then find the kind of uh, punchline to it, if you like. Yeah, that, I mean, there's just so much, so much there. I mean, I remember hearing, um, I was reading a book and they were talking about how uh, the legendary American comedian Bob Hope would write yeah. his comedy. And they, I mean, the, the fact was, he didn't, was basically the thing. Yeah, he didn't write his own comedy. He had he had a, a team of writers that would write his jokes for him, and um, what he would they would do is they would write a whole lot of jokes, and then he'd go through them, and anyone that he laughed at, he would mark down. Yeah, and, and go through it, and then he would go through the list again, and if he laughed at it a second time, he marked that one down. I think if it was if he laughed a third time at the joke, so if it was funny three times in a row, that would be the one that would make it to his his show, and I yeah. think the. The craft and the art. I think we sometimes think that comedians uh, and and you know uh, and and yourself being a, a comedy magician, you think you just sort of go up go up there and everything's off the cuff. But there's so much more planned and thought through. Even the off the cuff moments are planned and and thought through. And I yeah, guess absolutely. And sometimes I think what you think is hilarious when you write it 
you take it to stage and you go, it's not as funny as I thought it was. And equally, stuff that you thought wasn't funny, suddenly audiences are rolling around the floor with laughter. So it's a mystery. You've just got to get out there and do it. It's, it's kind of, it's like learning to play uh, an instrument, but in public. So you just fail in public constantly. <laughs> and then occasionally you pick up what's right and what works. Yeah, you, you kind of go through and go, okay, that was the, the wrong note, or that just wasn't a note at all. And I've, I've heard, I think I remember hearing Kevin Hart talk about how he would just go to sort of, he'd just sort of show up at comedy clubs and just, um, you know, those kind of open mic nights and just test his material that yeah. way. And I, I'm just wondering, because I mean, I, I mean, this is thinking church. So this is, you know, I'm trying to see how I can synthesize this into, into the church world. But I think any pastor that's listening to this and thinking about writing a preach and a sermon and how do you write things? Um, I think that there's taking that time to write down and, and think of and craft the sentence and, and craft those things, you know, the funny moments, the poignant moments. Yeah. I think there's something there. Um, yeah. Is it expound on that? How else could have, are there other, other ways in which we can think about crafting that message and crafting that those moments maybe? Sure. I mean, I appreciate not all churches have this kind of resource, but you could easily create it uh, in some way. But I've heard of some of the some of the bigger churches, maybe in the States. Uh, sometimes they get their kind of preaching team together and they just kind of mind map ideas and tell stories. And and because when you do things in community with other, particularly comedy, comedy is very hard on your own. But when you bring a few other people in, it starts to materialise because you naturally that that kind of social humor just turns up. And so same with preaching, whether you're including humor or not, uh, if you can just get together with a bunch of guys and just mind map ideas, discuss it, dig deep in it, uh, just explore all different routes and angles and, and everything else, by, by bringing people together and creating something together, uh, you'll, you'll pick up on what's gonna work when you take it to the platform stage, whatever it is. Um, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'd encourage you to bring people together when you're when you're preparing your your sermon because uh, you bounce off each other. Yeah, I I love that, and that's actually something that I do. So I work with my church, and part of my job is that I will. I mean, I'm not a preacher, so I'm I'm not a particularly good public speaker um, in that sense. Um, but what I will do is I'll come and speak with the preachers. And when they're when they're preparing, we work in kind of series, and so yeah. three or four weeks at a time. And so I'll I'll come in, and my job is just to kind of bring ideas and just help. You know, when we're going down that this line of scripture, where does this link to, and that link to, and right. then are there any ideas that that can spurn off and 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 work towards? And I think that's really interesting how you know comedy writing preach writing there's this you know it's a similar art form in that sense in that you're trying to find those ways and it's it's always better in groups and i think for churches that you know if you're church many churches are really small but you can still get people maybe just have a an hour session on zoom or something like that in an evening yeah. and uh and just talk about it work out where are where are there some things that you know where's that leading what 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 are you getting when you hear that and and those kind of things i think that's really fascinating yeah no absolutely and um yeah, and there's something about trying it out as well. There's something about just putting it out there that all of a sudden you realise uh, you might have spent hours thinking about it on your own, but it's only when you when you suddenly realise you've got to speak it in front of people that it clicks or it, or you suddenly go, actually, no, what am I doing? Can't use that. It's not going to work. Uh, I don't know what it is five minutes before a gig that you suddenly go, no, why did I think that was funny 
yesterday when actually no no now the pressure's on to go and use it uh suddenly it, you decide not to well i was um i was watching um i've, I've been watching series two of the the chosen have you heard of that show i it's have the, yeah yeah and i'm uh, really enjoying it but um I um they they have these kind of extra bits and pieces that you can you can watch and they're talking about this moment and I've not actually got to this episode yet so I'm excited when I get to the episode where Jesus is preparing his sermon on the mount and yeah. he's he's kind of finding the he's trying to find the right way to uh say about you know give his illustrations and he's talking about oh, you know how am I going to phrase this and and you know and they wanted to kind of capture that humanity of Jesus as even Jesus had to prepare his his messages. He didn't just sort of come out and just oh. speak. He he prepared and he worked and he honed his message. And uh, I've even heard it before that um, that some of the reasons why some of the, the messages in the gospel could be slightly different is because Jesus would have most likely preached that sermon a number of times in a number of slightly different ways, depending yeah. on where he was at. So if he That's was... Insane. I've never thought of that. And so I just like, just like, you know, when you're going to do comedy, you know, you might just, you know, you know, the audience and you might just slightly just tweak it. You know, if you know something about a certain town, you yeah. might suddenly tweak a joke or uh, just how you're going to present something just because you know that you can get a laugh when you mention that thing in yeah. that place, you know? And I, I, yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Chris. No, go for it. Um, I'll give you an example. So I, I, before COVID used to run a quarterly variety night in a place called Bentley in Doncaster right so lots of different acts but I was host and uh, I picked up one one evening that we were on the, the, the up in Yorkshire they greet each other with a right and so I decided right that's becoming a regular thing so every time I went on to host this uh, evening I'd greet the audience with a and it's not even funny particularly but it got a laugh because I was trying to be Yorkshireman without being Yorkshireman and it's just ridiculous so uh it got a laugh but I think more so because it was local and it was specific to that event yeah that makes a lot of sense and and there'll be ways that we can you know you, you can say it to one congregation uh, in a you know if, if you're preaching that that's going to work in a certain way even you know in my church we have two different uh services and so the, each different service is slightly different. You know, they're identical yeah. services, but, the, you know, you get a different type of people that, that turn up and you can word things a certain way. And um, and I think that that's, there's something that's really interesting just by knowing a place, knowing an area. And I think Jesus certainly did that in his his ministry, that he he knew the area that he was, you know, he was going to. He knew the people that were going to be there. He knew the little idiosyncrasies uh in it so yeah i think it's i think it's absolutely fascinating and um i've completely gone off off piste but never mind um by, by the way i'm not suggesting that all pastors now go and greet their congregations with ale <laughs> uh that might be slightly weird if you're in birmingham but um but there we go <laughs> yeah that's yeah that does make sense yeah don't do that yeah <laughs> amazing well tom um i'd love to hear a bit about your story um how did you end up getting into the world of comedy magicianship well, it was it was back in my teens, early teens. Uh, I, um, you know, when it was a phase. I don't. I'm not sure if it still is a phase, but churches in their kids ministry used to do like puppetry stuff, and they used to have oh, yeah. puppet teams. You remember that was a phase. I'm not sure if it's still a phase or not. But I'm not sure either. I had a a long a long career in in puppetry in my uh, in my <laughs> teens. <laughs> there we go. There's there's a story I want to dig into at some point. Um, <laughs> 
and so I, I got involved. I was kind of 14, 15 at the time. And I got involved in the kind of, I was kind of being treated as a young leader, I guess. Uh, got involved with the puppet team uh, in, in the church. And um, from there, I, uh, at school, I bumped into a mate who did magic uh, and all tricks and stuff, card tricks and whatnot. And so we got, we became really good mates and we formed this duo and we did kids parties and we decided let's do kids parties. We did it 30 quid a pop. I mean, we split it between us. It wasn't the most lucrative of uh, small businesses, but, but it was, it was good fun and it was exciting, right? So we traveled around Gloucestershire doing friends of friends of friends, kids parties, and we loved it. Um, he then, we, we did it for a few years. He then got a proper job and I thought, well, let's, uh, let's look at this. And so I carried it on. So when I say doing puppetry, I actually went on to learn ventriloquism, right? I forgot to mention that. I went on to learn ventriloquism. Yeah. So it was kind of this magic and ventriloquism duo act doing kids parties. Uh, that grew. When he got a proper job, I was a bit older, uh, still doing ventriloquism. I wasn't doing magic at this point. Um, and uh, opportunities in churches started to emerge. And uh, I did my work experience uh, when I was 16, 17 with guy that worked for the kind of National Salvation Army and he, he were traveling around and he would do assemblies in various schools across the country. And I went and did some and got a great response. It had a kind of gospel message in, in amongst the ventriloquism routine. And I thought this is an opportunity. And I started reading up books on this of kind of puppet teams or individuals going into schools and churches doing stuff that would share something of the gospel in a creative way, in an entertaining way. Um, largely at that time, it was all directed at kids and children. And, uh, and I was fascinated by it. And I, and I absolutely loved it. And opportunities just started to emerge from there on. And I, and I guess I started to explore at that point what it was to uh, be, have the role of an evangelist and what that looks like. And so went down that route and men, found mentors and opportunities grew in that space. Uh, and then it all just came together. Um, but but more and more in recent years, I've uh, I felt God give me a bit of a shift, if you like, and and that was that shift is that uh, when I look at Jesus, he did a lot of his miracles in the marketplace and not the temple. Uh, so I mean, he did do miracles in the temple, but he he did a lot of miracles in the marketplace. And I felt God challenge me and prompt me to go, Tom, I want you to carry the presence of Christ through comedy, through magic. Uh, I don't do kids parties anymore, by the way, um, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, use the comedy use the magic uh, and fulfill the role of an evangelist obviously it looks really different in that context but carry the presence of christ into the marketplace into comedy clubs into small theaters into schools into whatever it might be well i mean let's get into that thought of being um an evangelist in the comedy circuit and um i mean how do you get received firstly as i mean well the first one is how how much does your faith interact with your your comedy and how does that get received on on the kind of the comedy circuit sure so i mean it's it's a very different approach if you start talking about jesus in the comedy club you uh they might take you nicely but they're not going to invite you back so uh it's one of those uh it's it's, it's a difficult one to navigate but do you know it's been it's been amazing so I take kind of daniel one approach if you look at daniel and daniel went out to be the best that he could be in his in his field and I kind of think, well, let's go into the comedy clubs. Let's do my absolute best. And obviously there are differences between what I do and what some of the other comics do. 
uh, I don't make a big deal of it. I, I certainly don't call myself a Christian comedian or Christian magician when I go in, uh, but uh, don't make a big deal of it. But you know, it's amazing what people pick up. One of the first comedy clubs I did, I was only doing 10 minutes. Um, uh, and the guy, asked, there was another guy, I'm good friends with this guy now. And this guy said to me, Tom, he said, you, you've just done 10 minutes and you haven't like sworn or, I mean, I, I'm, again, don't make a big deal of it. I don't criticize other comedians for swearing or, or whatever their content is, but he just pointed out, he noticed the fact that there was something different. Uh, it didn't lead to a great conversation about faith but it led to a connection with him and he follows me on Facebook. He'll soon, he'll, he'll pick up the soon idea that I'm, I'm Christian. And so all of that pieces together, it was the beginning of a, of a connection point. And he just noticed there was something different. And so there's various things I'm bring, as I explore what this means more, I'm, I'm putting things in place that perhaps aren't explicit, but just make people go, ah, that's why. Uh, that, that's my hope and uh, conversation starters I guess is what you'd call it yeah that's really 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 fascinating and um, yeah th those I think people do pick up on on you know comedians when they are slightly different because I think there's a as a, a relatively well-trodden path on what you expect from a comedian how they talk how they act so um, what they talk about so when you don't talk about those things it tends to be um it will it will you'll you'll stick out that's that's for sure uh, and yeah. that's a, that's a good thing so um changing tack slightly what i'm wondering about uh i'm wondering about evangelism and that's probably <laughs> one of one of the reasons why i wanted to speak to you as a uh as an evangelist you know in in that sense and you um that's something that you're involved in something you do um and church is thinking about evangelism um Give, give some churches some advice if you should advise a church and they're saying we want to get started with this whole evangelism we've not been very good at it we want to start doing this better as a church we want to evangelize better we want to reach people for jesus what what can we do to start do you know i would say um so i still do i must be clear i still do church gigs and i still do outright evangelistic uh, events so I'm trying to manage both okay so I haven't gone all in on the so I'm doing a bit of both because I think that's important but part of that is influenced by uh, something called the Engel scale a lot of pastors may have heard of it but this was fascinating to me when I first came across it and it all it is is a uh, if you check it out on Google you can you can see the kind of uh, picture of it if you like but it just gives you an idea or or a framework to say where are the people at that I'm engaging with so typically, and this is what prompted me to move into the mainstream space as well, really. Typically, people that come along to a, a church because they're invited by a friend, they might, and they might be open to faith, open to conversations, they might be open to an alpha course or something along those lines. Typically, those people are maybe uh, at a certain point on the angle scale. So uh, might, if you look at the graph on, on a Google image, there's kind of right from one to kind of 16 plus. And, and around the kind of, uh, five, six mark, the fifth, fifth or sixth step. It talks about like investigating Jesus or having a grasp about who Jesus was. Um, but equally, right at the bottom, there's number one is no awareness of God whatsoever, no experience of, of church or faith at all. And so I think the big question to ask, particularly when you're planning your strategy of how you're going to engage with people, how you're going to reach people, is where are the people at? Who are we trying to reach? Uh, 
in from those initial conversations with those people, can we get an idea of roughly where they're at? Because there's no there's no point inviting them to an out. Well, there's there's I, I say there's no point. I'm careful with those words. Uh, Hear me rightly. There's no point in inviting them to an alpha course if they're still at stage one and they've got no awareness of God whatsoever. No point's perhaps a bit strong, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm just finding the angle scale on here now. I'm just that's the first time I've actually ever heard of this, and it's uh, I'm going to check that out. That sounds absolutely fascinating because I think. I, it, putting in a strategy, you're going to want to take, you know, taking people from, you know, one to 16 in, you know, in, in one event or one moment is just, that's not very likely. Um, I remember hearing a statistic once that said that on average, someone that, that comes to know Christ has had conversations or met 10 other Christians in their life. So, yeah. you, know, you know, essentially your job is to take people one tenth of the way if you're meeting someone. And the church's job is to only take them a little bit of the way, you know, and 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 there'll be other things that so, and it could start with, you know, a, you know, a coffee with someone, or it could start with a comedy night, you know, or, or something yeah. like that. But that could lead to an, an alpha course, or it could lead to something else. And and the and having strategies to take people along that pathway is a uh, a really good idea. And 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 carefully thinking, okay, what sort of things are going to help people? you know, who are unaware of God, just become aware of God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you do that? Just at this very simplest, you know, it's very simplest way to make someone just aware of that God exists. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm putting an emphasis on, so again, if you check out the angle scale, I'm putting an emphasis on the first three, four steps of, of that journey. So no awareness of God, some awareness of God, contact with other Christians, interest in Jesus, right? I'm putting an emphasis on that space because I feel like that's where a lot of my friends are at, but also that's where in terms of comedy clubs, that's who I'm probably who I'm encountering. Uh, in the interesting thing with comedy clubs and, and listening to uh, a podcast that interviews other comedians is um, there's a lot of people that have got issues with the Christian faith. You, you find those people that have uh, had presumptions or they've had bad experiences here and there or they've whatever it is. And so they're, they've kind of gone back to stage one to four because they've there's a disinterest in and so uh it's fascinating fascinating to think about the angle scale but i guess my advice my my thought for churches is think about where people are at and and do that accordingly at stage one you probably want to be thinking about talking about using the word language around well-being or um hope or purpose rather than perhaps uh, some of the more kind of faith-based language that you might use later on. Oh, that's really fascinating. Um, I was speaking yesterday, I was doing a podcast with uh, someone called Justin Briley, who presents a show called oh, Unbelievable. Yeah, I know Justin. Yeah. Um, and, you know, great, great guy. And uh, um, Unbelievable is a is a fantastic show. And um, and he was saying about how what he's noticed is this, um, and be really interesting to get your thoughts on this, is there's been a shift in... in I guess the 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 public thoughts, which was maybe about twenty years ago, there was a lot of this kind of new atheism stuff that uh, Christianity was wrong and evil. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. it was just it was just bad. It was bad for the world. And now there's been this kind of shift where uh, talking about faith and talking about Christianity and the 
the moral framework that we have and that we've inherited that that the West has inherited from Christianity, that's starting to become much more prevalent in today's society. People are more open. Yeah. How have you found that being on, you know, doing doing comedy, doing you know, doing magic, doing those kind of things. Um, how have you noticed this? Has has have you noticed a shift in people when you when you explore topics of faith? How has that? Have you seen any change in that for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I haven't experienced any particular kind of resistance to faith. So going back to what you said, where a few years ago, where the church was wrong and 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 difficult, and, and people were generally against it. I haven't really encountered much of that. Uh, you hear it a little bit. I, I listen to a podcast called The Comedian's Comedian, and it, it basically interviews comedians about their writing process, but also uh, the question, the big question is interesting is, are you happy? And so, uh, and that's fascinating to hear kind of all the mainstream comics that you hear and see on TV and answer that question. It's fast, utterly fascinating. But the, the interesting thing is a lot of comedians have uh, had a, a bad experience of church or if they've turned away from church for some reason or... Uh, it surprised me just how many reference faith, even when faith wasn't a direct question. Um, sadly, it's often negative, but it, it's fascinating to hear that. Uh, and I, but I guess, but but overall, I th- I think we're we're in a generation, we're in a season where people are. I, I guess they're they're very open to it because it like anything goes kind of season, I guess. And so people are a bit more open because people are a lot more accepting of you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. I guess that brings some challenges with kind of sharing our faith as well. Uh, but I think we are in a very open season of being able to talk about our beliefs and our, the way we live our lives. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. This is only halfway through the podcast and you can listen to the full conversation by joining our members podcast. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and you can sign up to our members podcast there. It only costs the the price of one coffee per month, so it's well worth doing. So why not get a coffee, listen to the podcast and learn something new. We'll see you again for this podcast next week. So bye for now.